Are you ready to reach a whole new audience and skyrocket your brand's visibility? Introducing your golden opportunity. You can advertise your product, service, or business here on the Friends of Beauty podcast. This is the ultimate platform to connect with a vibrant community of beauty enthusiasts, professionals, and trendsetters. Our devoted listeners are passionate about all things beauty, and your message deserves to be heard. Whether you're a makeup brand, a skincare guru, salon owner, or anything in between, this is your chance to captivate a dedicated audience. Imagine your brand's name resonating through earbuds, sparking conversations, and inspiring action. This is your chance to make waves in a sea of possibilities, so don't wait. Step into the spotlight and let your message be heard, okay? Connect with us today at friendsandbeauty.com slash advertise to seize your moment on the Friends of Beauty podcast. Don't worry, I'll leave everything down below for you and elevate your brand, capture attention, and make an impact. I look forward to sharing your brand with my friends in beauty, okay? So let's go ahead and jump back into the episode. Pigmentation. Do men, I know, like, I guess with anybody losing their hair is very devastating but I know for men like it could take a huge hit on their confidence when they start balding so do they ever have any resistance to that as far as like do they think it's not going to look natural for them to get the scalp pigmentation nope because like you said it takes a huge hit to their confidence and um they're willing to try anything so kind of like the women will go and get their cosmetic surgery, men are in to enhance their features. Men are on board, believe it or not, for anything. So they're they're like locked and loaded, ready to go when it comes to getting those procedures. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get authentic answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. Join me every week as me and my special guest reveal the keys to longevity and success in the beauty industry, from the ups and downs of their journey to the nitty gritty of their struggles and triumphs. We're spilling the tea on it all, and most importantly, having fun while doing it. You ready? Welcome to the Friends and Beauty Podcast, Tanika. Hi, good morning. Thank you. How are you today? I am great. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to have you. So y'all, Tanika is the founder of the Scout Boss Hair Loss Therapy, and I'm really intrigued by what she does. So I'm so excited to have you on the Friends of Beauty podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So before we jump into it, we're going to start off with some icebreakers to get us warmed up. And so the Friends and Beauty audience can get to know you outside of what you do professionally for your business. So the first one, just give us three random facts about you. I retired in April. I love to brunch and I am finding work-life balance. Ooh, you love to brunch. Like what's your, what's your go-to, like, do you have like a go-to thing that you look for on the menu when you go shrimp to brunch? It's, 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 so I'm, I'm from Alabama, so I'm like a Southern girl. So I want shrimp and grits. I have to try everybody's shrimp and grits, even if I don't get two plates, but the shrimp and grits definitely has got to be yeah yeah one. that's one of my go-tos for sure shrimp and grits fish and grits mm. and when I was eating chicken it would be like chicken and waffles like if somebody had chicken and waffles on the menu I always had to try just to like compare it to like the the ones yes yes yep. I love that do you have any pet peeves what's a pet peeve that you have a pet peeve is don't make me repeat myself twice because I think it makes me feel like you're not listening to me and I wasn't and what I said the first time wasn't valued 
Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a I said what I said type of person. So I don't mind maybe like I don't mind maybe repeat myself twice, but more than that, it's like that. Come on now. All right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on with it. So I have these pod decks here. This is a okay. what the heck and a would you rather? Which one do you want? What the heck? What the heck? Let's go for it. Let's give Tanika a fun, a fun one. Hmm. This one says, do you have a favorite t-shirt? If so, what's on it or what does it say? I, I do have a favorite t-shirt. My favorite t-shirt says black men are dope. <laughs> so I absolutely love wearing this shirt. And here's the reason why. So if I wear it and you're a black man and I'm out, so I love wearing this when I go out with my girls to restaurants because all the drinks are free. Yes. Because they'd be like, oh, thank you for giving us credit. Like, okay, look at you. One time for the black man. Yes, one time for the black man. And so then for other races, they're just like. <laughs> and so it, it turns heads either way. Or if you think you read it, they stop and read it again. Like, did she just really say? So I love that shirt. Yeah, I love that strategy too. Yeah. The drinks. Right. <laughs> I love it. What do people always tell you that you're good at aside from what you do professionally? I am um, good at pouring into others, mm-hmm. um, but which is a gift and a curse because when I pour, um, like I hold people accountable. And so it's like, no, you said you were going to do it. Let's do it. So that's one of the good things. Like, hey, well, if you if you walk with Tanika, she's going to be like, she's going to look out for you, but just be prepared to be looked out for. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things. I like that. And some people are not used to that, like for right. people looking out for them. So they don't know how to react sometimes. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can understand that. Um, when is the last time that you did something for the first time? Last weekend, I rented a platoon boat. Ooh. and went on Lake Ray Hubbard in Dallas. And so it was so amazing. Um, and I'm not a big water girl. Don't like, don't, you know, we don't want to mess up our hair. We don't want to like, um, oh, that's too much water for us. But um, it was so amazing. And then you know how you pull up and you RSVP for, um, you valet, I'm sorry, you valet for your car. So uh-huh. you have to like, I got to experience what it's like to, pulled the boat up on the dock and walk in the restaurant I was like okay you, I like you, okay and so um that was my first time driving a boat and um being out on a lake I also you drove the boat drove the boat oh shucks okay okay nice. I like that yeah I need to get my butt on a boat before the summer is over it was it was actually really um really fun I like that I was impressed I'm glad you had that experience Yes. Yes. So the last one, if you weren't the founder of the Scout Boss, is there anything else you could see yourself doing right now? Probably business coaching. Okay. If I didn't, if I wasn't the owner of the Scout Boss, because um, I feel like there's so much talent and people have so many good ideas and some people um, don't really reach or tap into their potential. Mm-hmm. And they don't know where to get started. And I love, um, I love a good project. So I love helping people turn their, um, like their side hustle or their dreams into reality. Nice. Any type of um, business in particular, or you think you can help people who have any type of entrepreneurial dream? I think I can help 
people because um, I feel like I'm very resourceful. So I can help people with any type of um, in any type of industry. Plus, I um, I have the real so I do real estate investing, and then I have the bakery, and then I have so um, I have a couple other things I do. So I feel like um, which makes me well rounded. So I feel like I could help people in multiple industries. I love that. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. That's why you mentioned that work-life balance because you got the bakery, you do a real estate and you have the scout boss. Anything else you need to know about? (laughs) That's it for now. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned that you just retired. You retired from the Air Force, right? Right. How long were you in the Air Force? I served 24.8 because I'm going to count every day in the military. So I, um, yeah. Hold up, 24 years? 24 years and eight long months. I'm confused because you look 24. So how you do 24 <laughs> years? Okay. <laughs> yes, 24 years. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I know that you were deployed a few times. Like, so what, what was your role when you were in the um in the Air Force? So I initially started the Air Force as a medical assistant. I joined right out of school and I joined the military. Um just because I was raised in the urban project area by my grandmother, there was no money for college. So I joined the military because I knew I always wanted to go to college and I didn't know how um, to make it happen. And I started as a medical assistant and I took full advantage of every educational opportunity that, um, so I hold a master's in business and MBA. So I have like four degrees because again, I joined for education benefits. Right. That's really cool. That is really cool. I know a lot of people do tend to do that, like join Mm -hmm. for the educational benefits. And then you ended up staying for 24 years. Like, what did you, I guess, like, what did you learn about yourself within that time in the military? I learned how resilient and persistent I can be. Um, I learned not to give up because again, my goal was to get the money for college and to get out and the discipline. Um, I didn't think, um, you know, when you're 18 from the south you 18 years old from the south and you've seen a lot of things um you just don't like hey this isn't for me but I'll go ahead and get the money and yeah. just for me to make it um 24 years with all the um struggles it was it was a blessing so I learned a lot I learned discipline and be resilient and never to give up yeah yeah as a woman in the military what was that experience like and like a, such a male dominated like industry, I guess. So is that considered an industry? Yeah, the military. Right. So being a woman, I think because I was in the Air Force, I didn't have, I didn't experience a, I think I've only, I didn't experience a lot, I will say, of um, stereotypical gender, stereotypical um, issues. So okay. I didn't have, um, and I was in the medical field. So most, you know, there's a lot of people that work in the medical field that are female. So I think because yeah. of my career choice mm-hmm. and the career field I was in, I didn't have an issue. Got you. Where were you stationed most of the time? Ohio, right? Patterson Air Force Base. Is it boring? It doesn't seem like it would be boring there. It is very boring. But the good <laughs> thing is this. It afforded me the opportunity to go to school. Yeah. So um, Because it was so boring. Yeah, you can stay focused. <laughs> right, right. Right. All right. So you were born, raised in Alabama, stationed in Ohio. Now you're in Texas. Yes. What made you go to Texas? I originally came to Texas right out of nursing school, um, Houston in particular. And I loved how Black entrepreneurs supported each other. 
I was like, oh, I want to be in Houston. Even and then I decided to go back active at the time. So I always said if I when I got the opportunity, I would settle in Houston. So I got the opportunity to come back about seven years ago and I loved it. And so we nice. just was like, we're not moving. Um, again, it's for the support that you not only that you are able to see a lot of minority entrepreneurs and support them in their business, but they support you as well. Yeah. Do they have a lot of um, like black owned businesses in Houston? Oh, they have a lot of black owned businesses in Houston and the support is absolutely um, amazing. Like you, uh, you would not believe that people would drive like Houston's really big. So you can, it takes you about 35 minutes to get to anywhere. So, um, but that's no traffic, but people will drive 35 minutes to see that black doctor, 35 minutes to support that uh, black owned gym. And Mm -hmm. that's what's so amazing about it. Nice. So now you have your own black owned business. You have the Scout Boss. Like what was your motivation for starting? Like when did you start the Scout Boss and what, what was your motivation for starting? So I started the Scout Boss in July. Oh, so we're coming up on our anniversary. Yay, I started in July of last year and my motivation was I started experiencing hair loss myself and so I would go to dermatologists I would get to steroid injections and I would try the Rogaine and all of these things would make my hair grow for the moment none of it was long term so I started researching and doing other studying about other opportunities to when once the follicles do grow to keep the follicles because mm-hmm. the thing is, everyone will give you something to make it grow, but not to keep them long term. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Scout Boss was created because first, a need for myself, and um, a passion to help other people that are experiencing the same thing. Gotcha, gotcha. What kind of training did you have to go through to? Because I know you already had the medical um, degree and you were working in the medical field in the Air Force. But what kind of training did you have to do to open up the Scout Boss in particular? So the training came with whatever procedures you have, you want to get a certificate or certification. And so since I do PRP, um, that company, you get a certificate in that way, and it shows you how to break down the blood, spin the blood, and all the side effects and all those things. So uh, and a lot of it was finding other spa owners, too, That get, and I was very fortunate to find other Black-owned spa owners, owners to help and assist in like training and getting me started. Yeah. Did you ever get down to like the, the root of your hair loss at the time? Like what was causing it? So it depends on your age and your, so some of the times things with hair loss is based off of, could be hormonal. It could be based off of the situation. You could just had a child. So for me, I had my daughter um, and then, you know, you start thinning, it doesn't grow back. And then, you know, we try to take the supplements. And so um, it depends on, I guess, at what age and what stage you are in your life, depending on what is the cause of your hair loss? Yeah, yeah. But aside, well, you said Rogaine and some other stuff. Oh, the steroid shots. Did you ever try anything else like more like the natural route? Because I know some people try like the natural route as well. So I did try a lot of the oils and I, and I love, like, I love the ashwagandha, the, um, all those things, the rosemary, the mint that people like put in the oils. So I did try those. And again, that would help, but for long term. And I think what people don't understand about hair loss is our hair has three, three cycles. And so when we treat hair loss, you don't know which cycle or stage the hair follicles are in. Okay. So that 
is that could be a determining factor of is this going to grow? Is this long term growth? Is this just going to grow and um, continue to shed? So just because a hair cycle lasts for like 100 days. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's what, yes, we use these products, but it's the education behind the hair cycle. Like, yes, you're going to um, continue to see shedding because your hair cycle lasts 100 days. So you have to, and then sometimes we start these treatments and we stop them. And it's just like everything else in life is consistency. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we, you know, we live in this microwave society where we want it now and we want to see the growth, but we don't want to continue to do it. So I tell my clients that it is, um, it's consistency. You have to stick with it just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So is there still not a way to determine like what stage the hair is in the growth cycle even now? So you can determine, you can't determine which cycle your hair growth is. And that's why we treat the hair cycle four different ways. So in each way that we treat them covers two cycles of hair, um, of the hair cycle. Got you. Got you. Okay. So what kind of services you mentioned the PRP, like what is PRP, but what, yeah, let's start there. What is PRP? <laughs> so PRP is the platelet rich plasma. Oh, and so what we do is we draw your blood, we spin it down and we give you back your growth factors. So we're giving you the growth factors that you already make in your body and we're injecting them back into the scalp. And so we use a very fine, tiny needle, we numb the scalp and we give, um, inject it back into the scalp. We give you back your own growth factors. That is so interesting. Is that kind of similar to how people are doing like those vampire facials and stuff now? It's exactly like the vampire facial, but in your scalp. Right. And one of the important things, people are like, oh, PRP, it just came around because, of course, it became known with um, one of the Kim Kardashian. But the PRP has been around since the 1970s. Oh, wow. So it's not a new it's not a new treatment. It's just a newer treatment for um, hair restoration within mm-hmm. the last like 10 or 15 years. Gotcha. So aside from PRP, what other um, hair restoration services do you offer? We offer the, we offer PEP factor. PEP factor is still a growth factor, but it's in, it's formulated into a lab. It's not your own growth factors. And that's more um, for people who don't like to get their blood drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing with PRP, PRP has a, I'm sorry, PEP factor has a 94% uh, success rate on African-Americans. Um, so we're going to see you're going to start seeing your hair grow in about two weeks after the first treatment of the PEP factor. Is there a reason why it's so high with African-Americans in particular? Nope. It's, um, they have not found, so it came from the United Kingdom. Um, it was formulated over there and brought to, um, the United States. And so they have not figured out why the success rate is so high amongst African-Americans. That's, that's very impressive though. Yeah, it, it is very, I'm a, I'll send you some pictures when we get off. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what, so did you, which one did you get? Did you get PRP, P, the pet? pet talk? Actually, actually, I got everything. Okay. So I got the, so we also do scalp micropigmentation and that's mostly for men where we kind of cover up their, um, if they have some milk pattern baldness, where we cover up their um, bald spot with little fine uh, hair-like follicles. Yeah. And so I got that. And then I got uh, both the PEP factor and the PRP. Mm-hmm. I, we also do a laser, a low light laser therapy. So I do the, I do the cap myself at night. Um, 
So yeah, every treatment that I offer, I was a patient person. That's awesome. I like that too, because then you could also offer them like the real experience, the real, you know, results. or just from the, you know, experiencing it yourself, you could keep it real with them. Exactly. Exactly. With the scalp uh, micropigmentation, do men, I know, like, I guess with anybody losing their hair is very devastating, but I know for men, like it could take a huge hit on their confidence when they start balding. So do they ever have any resistance to that as far as like, do they think it's not going to look natural for them to get the scalp pigmentation? Nope. Because like you said, it takes a huge hit to their confidence and um, they're willing to try anything. So kind of like the women will go and get their cosmetic surgeries, men are in to enhance their features. Men are on board, believe it or not, for anything. So they're they're like locked and loaded, ready to go when it comes to getting those procedures. Yeah, yeah. I always think back to uh, that movie, Deuce Bigelow. He was trying to get the girl's attention and he went in for like a, because she worked in like a clinic that did hair restoration. He went in to let them people numb him and it was, it was a mess. I always think about that, that scene. <laughs> um, so right now, what is like the most popular service that people are coming for? The most popular is the pet factor because nobody wants their blood drawn. Mm. And um, one of the side effects to uh, PRP is it stings a little. So some people don't like pain. So PEP factor doesn't sting and they get the results and um, they can see some results in two weeks. So, and by the time they come to you, people are ready for results. So they want the um, fastest Mm -hmm. fastest. procedure. Mm -hmm. Are these procedures that they're gonna have to keep on doing over time to maintain the hair growth? Or is it like a... Like how many procedures do they have to get? So it depends on how much and the circumference and how much hair loss that a person has experienced. So we start with, it is a package series. So we start with four, four to six, depending okay. on the person. And then a maintenance, because um, again, consistency is key. The maintenance would be once a year. Oh, okay. So if they don't continue to come like once a year, they can experience like hair loss again? They can experience it. However, what we do is we keep them on the other because we have four ways, we keep them on the other regiments so that that is likely less likely to happen. Okay. So what what are the other regiments? So they get a they get a low uh, low light laser therapy cap. Oh. They get the um, so we do do the uh, minoxidil the Rogaine. We'll keep them on one of those, and then we also add the supplements um, like the biotin, the ashwagandha, the um, sulfamental. And then we, we talk about diet and ex- we talk about diet and hydration. Okay. Because a lot of people don't think it's important um, to hydrate or the importance of it because we always say drink more water, you drink more water, you drink more water. But um, you have to hydrate those follicles. Yeah, yeah. Aside from like drinking more water, when it comes to like the diet and regimen, like what are the things that are very much like highlighted? Like you have to kind of like stick Protein. to this. Protein, okay. Protein. And a lot of people are like, oh, I can't eat that much meat. And it's not about eating more meat. It's about getting and just making sure you have enough meat. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about our green leafy vegetables because you're going to find there's biotin and keratin and those things. So that's a more natural way versus just taking, taking the supplements. Yeah. If someone is like a vegan or something like that, what kind of protein would you recommend? They can have tofu. Okay. 
So they can they can have they can have tofu. They can have there's a lot of there's high um, protein yogurts um, that they can have. So there's there's just, almost it's like a solution for every yeah. problem, like uh, for every dietary yeah. restriction. Like you can find a way to get it in. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I know you mentioned people not wanting the pain or getting their blood drawn. Are those like the only determinant factors that, like, based on the com- consultation that you do with them, how do you determine like which one they're going to do? PRP, the PEP, laser? Is it based off of them not wanting pain or getting their blood drawn, or is it other things that you kind of see going on that you say, okay, I think you need this? So I kind of let them decide. I have a like a cheat sheet where I give them both the okay. the down like here's the side effects here's that there's um so with the good thing is there's no downtime with either procedure Mm -hmm. but um I give them the side effects and when you're going to see the results and when you can expect to see and I kind of let them um decide yeah yeah aside from what did you mention oh the pain you mentioned the pain is like a side effect of the procedures are there any other side effects that are like that make it risky for people to do it so there's always going to be a side effect because of a risk for infection because it's a needle and we're sticking a foreign object into the skin. So there's always, um, although it's a um, low risk, it's still always a risk of infection when we're um, puncturing the skin, any part of the skin. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the biggest two is the pain with the PEP factor. I'm sorry, with the PRP and the, the stinging and the risk for infection. Got you, got you. So when you were going through your hair loss, like take me, take me back to that. Like what was going on with you as far as like your confidence? Like what kind of styles were you wearing? Like what was going on in your life at that time? I think the biggest thing is so I contribute my hair loss to, and part of it is I had I had my daughter, yeah, and then the military. So because you know in the military you have to keep your hair up in a ball or it has to be off your collar at least. You're either going to keep getting your hair cut or you're going to pull it back in a ponytail. So, and you can't have a hanging ponytail. You're going to have to have a bun. So I went, so for 24 years, I wore a bun, you know, mostly. And so I contribute that as well as the hair thinning with giving birth and your hormones being imbalanced. So those are the things that contributed to it. So I think like it was the confidence. Like you try to find, so then after the ponytail, you try to find, um, I love a bob, so I would wear wigs that, units that were bob, so that it still covered my thinness and my um, hair loss, but also was still in military ranks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So are there a lot of other women in the military who kind of experience the same thing, just from like the tension of the mm-hmm. hairstyle? Like, Yep. And so actually recently, within the last three to five years, the military has become very gracious in allowing us to like um for african-american women to have the locks to wear the um twist things that were um not allowed um like now your hair can be a little after i retire no, i'm just kidding um, your hair can be a little longer now so that you you're not experiencing all of those things because a lot of women did complain about the emotional toll that it took and the you know and on thinning hair and reducing the confidence and how it affected their job coming in when people are looking at and that don't feel like they can do the best job yeah. when they're worried about what they look being like. self-conscious being self-conscious about hair loss 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you, like, has this been brought to their attention? Because we mm-hmm. can't be walking around with, you know, no edges and like right. bald spots and stuff right. because we're yep. in the military now. Like, because yep. I talked to an actress um, recently and she basically experienced the same thing. Like she was a series regular on NCIS and mm-hmm. the style that her character had was putting so much tension on her head. I think she was wearing like weaves and wigs that by the time she took off that wig, she had a big old ball spot, like in the middle of her hair. Her edges were being destroyed just from the manipulation of them doing her hair every day and stuff. And then when she brought it to their attention, they kind of didn't really want to do anything about it. So she had to walk away from the show because, right. you know, it was sacrificing her hair. So, man, we go through so much as Black women. I'd be wondering, like, do the white girls go through this too? I, I mean, I can only speak for the Black experience, you know? Right. And then, you know, you don't think about like she had to do all this for this one episode episode or this one show. Um, but what about the rest of her career where she has to wear her hair in other styles? So you're mm. potentially affecting her money for, to get other gigs and other um, to be on other shows and things like that. So I totally understand. Absolutely. Um, based on the clients that you've had so far, have there been any transformations that just like exceeded your expectations? There has been, and it's so funny that we talk about confidence because I, I have one that we're getting ready to do, a, um, like a total for, um, transformation um, makeover. Mm-hmm. Um, she came and you could tell, like, and she's young, like twenty-seven, and just down, and she was like, "I just want edges by the end of the year. I just want my edges by the end of the year." And mm-hmm. so we have gotten her there and um she would never have on makeup or anything when she came so the last two times because she got pep factor and you start seeing a growth in two weeks so she's literally seeing and now she's getting more compliments and her mom she's like my mom's able to braid my own hair and um like I got cornrows and it was so like just a confidence so the last two sessions she came in with like lashes and makeup I was like okay it was like and just the like just the difference and what you have to think is this these are like not these are every two weeks so I'm literally seeing her every two weeks so just and so what and what I mean is this isn't like oh I saw her six months ago and she came in and she's like oh look at look look what happened like these are literally two week increments that I'm seeing her and just the difference in two weeks and it's so funny because when you do when they do see the difference, that's when all the referrals start coming in. Yeah. Like, that's when all the, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I could, yep. Like, what's, so-and-so said, I want so-and-so. So, yeah, it's very, um, but not only that, um, she started interviewing for another job. Like, you don't um, think about, and so she was working from home. So now she's interviewed for a job in another country that she got the position for. And that makes like four times much. So yeah. it's not, and so our, our motto is, our tagline is we restore confidence one strand at a time. Yeah. And it truly is restoring confidence one time, one strand at a time, because people, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Because when, when you feel good about yourself, it changes so many other things in your life. Yes. And I love the fact that you get to like build that relationship with them, build that rapport with them, with them, you know, continuing to come back week after week. And like you said, once they start getting those results, right. then they, they start talking and that's when the referrals start coming in and that's yes. when the, the, the extra coins start coming yes. in too. I love that. I love that. I was going to ask you, oh yeah. So I'm imagining that this isn't something that is like covered by insurance. So like, or is it? 
it's not covered by insurance. We do take flex spending and HSA cards. Um, so, um, but we offer like care credit and cherry so, mm-hmm. so that we can give our, our customers payment op- payment plan options. Gotcha, gotcha. What kind of um, investment should they expect to, you know, put into this to get the, you know, the procedures done? Twenty-five to $3,500 for the, okay. for, um, and that would include the force four to six sessions, depending on what you need. That would also include your laser cap and then the consultation. I've been thinking like this stuff be like, I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm thinking like, this is like a $25,000 <laughs> something. That's yeah. incredible. And I know about care credit too, because one of my friends, she used to work at a, um, with an esthetician or like a, I forgot what it's called with, with estheticians and the services they were providing to these people they needed care credit for it I was right. like what are they doing over there that they need to finance this but mm-hmm. I love that I know you have you do have estheticians on staff as well or esthetician yep you yep. have one esthetician and I'm hoping to expand here um really soon yeah, so she's just doing like standard like facials and like what is she doing over there? So she does all the skincare services. She'll do a chemical pills. She'll do a facials, um, a microderm. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, I have a never have I ever question for you. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing crazy. It pertains to what you do. Um, if this has happened before, you can share the story behind it. If not, you can share what service people can get to ensure that this happens. So the question is, never have I ever had a client who was completely bald and was able to regrow a full head of hair through like your hair restoration services. Has that happened yet? No. Okay. So I've never had a client that was completely bald that wasn't able to um, get some results. However, I wouldn't take a client that I don't think is a good candidate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my name and my business and my reputation online for treating someone who won't see any results for the sake of me trying to get a dollar. Yeah. Um, no, no, they, they have seen results. Like they were completely bald and then they grew like a full head of hair. So not a full head, okay. but they but we were able to get to start the follicles to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things if you can stimulate the follicles and get the follicles to grow, then um that that gives you a fighting chance that your hair is going to grow back if your follicles and that your follicles aren't dead that if your follicles grow that's a good thing yeah yeah and I'm sure that's a great feeling to even know that that's even possible because I'm pretty sure like people probably have tried just like how you tried a little bit of everything before Mm -hmm. you landed on what actually worked I'm pretty sure that they're like okay like this is the last straw like this has to work or I'm just going to have to embrace it great yeah how do you manage your clients' expectations as far as the results? Because you did mention that, you know, a lot, we are in a society where we want like things like, like that. So I, I came in today, Tanika, why, why I'm not seeing no hair tomorrow? Like how, you, you've gone through it yourself. So how do you manage their expectations as far as like when they're going to receive their results and then like just sticking with it until they get to where they want to be? So I tell my clients that it's, it's a, this is a two, this is a twofold. This is one, a relationship. Like, and the meaning is I have a part and you have a part. So um, 
and I want to be very transparent. Like Rome wasn't built on a day. You didn't lose your hair like this over um, in a day. So it's not going to grow in a day. Even though I know that you're going to see some results and notice a difference with Pep Factor, I still want you to be very realistic that this may be a couple months or, you know, three to six month process. And then I tell them they all have to get back to the basics. Like you have to go get your hair wash, your ends clip, drink more water. So I give them, I kind of put some of the burden back on my clients that you have to do your part. I'm going to do my part, but you have to do your part. So that's how I manage their expectations. So then when I, when I see them again, hey, how was your water intake? Tell me what you had for lunch last night. Tell me what you had for dinner last night. Um, so I like, and I know that you're like, why do you want to know what I had for dinner last night? Yep, because I'm that's a task. So yes. um, I tell them like, we're in a relationship, do your part and I'm going to do mine. And so that's how I kind of manage. And I don't, um, I don't give false expectations. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's, and if I can't, if I don't think you're going to get results, then I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. 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 Not to like waste people's time and get their hopes up and things like that. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Has there ever been anyone who wasn't satisfied with their results? I haven't had anyone that was, um, not satisfied because again, the thing is we do, we treat the follicles four different ways. If, if you, if your follicles are still there and can be stimulated, you're going to see some results. Our thing is making sure that you see long lasting results. Yeah. And just like people use the, um, hair growth oil and they get results, like you're going to get some results. It's just about making it like long lasting yeah. results. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how do you feel now? We were just talking earlier. You got your hair braided last night. You get to yes. do other styles other than wigs and stuff. Like, how do you feel now that you have, you know, your hair back? I, oh, I feel amazing. And then, and now being retired, I don't have to fall into those military mm. regs anymore that I can do things like just wear my hair down, keep my hair out, not put it in a ponytail. And I think that's been, um, I've noticed these last couple months, that's been a huge um, transformation of just not having, you don't see the breakage at your ponytail um, where your ponytail, you know, ties up at. So it's just like the little things that you, that I've noticed. And I'm actually like loving it because I don't have to do it no more. I know that's right. I know that's right. I just thought about this, like the, the women in particular that come in to get services, are they, do they have natural hair or are they like getting perms and relaxers and stuff too? I would say 80% are natural. Okay. And about 20% still have um, perms and relaxers. Because does that play a role in any kind of way as far as results? If they have a, a, a perm or something like that, any kind of chemical treatment going on as well? No, that doesn't play a part in it. Um, okay. Results. Okay, cool. I want to talk about your other um, entrepreneurial endeavors because this okay. real estate license, like tell us what you plan on doing with that. So I don't have a real estate license. I'm a real estate investor. Oh, investor. I, okay. I build and find duplex and restore them in the Houston area. So um, I started getting into real estate um, two years ago and I knew my retirement was coming up and I wanted something that would offset my retirement income so that if I never worked a day in my life, my income at that time would stay the same. Yeah. So I purchased three duplex. I actually had to tear it down and build from the ground and I finished in May that's exciting yes um yeah it was uh, so now I tell people I'm a nurse practitioner and a general contractor 
uh, I build houses. So um, it was really, it was really cool. I learned a lot. I, I cried a lot, um, mm -hmm. but I learned a lot. It was, it was very, um, I don't like to sugarcoat and be like, oh, can you do it? Yes. Can you yeah, get out there, like make it happen, make your money. But it was definitely a life learning experience. And, you know, once, once you do it one time and you learn, the other ones um, kind of go easier. So I'm actually looking forward to um, my next property. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, I definitely, like, okay. for other women, I'd be like, oh, like, I will take you on my construction site. I will walk you through. You can go to my title closing. You can go, because I want more of us to start um, making passive income, um, you know, that, and it's not even just about the passive income for me. It's about leaving a legacy for my kids. Yeah. So it's funny, really quick. I took I take my kids to every property. You, you have to sweep a floor, wipe a wall down. You have to screw a, the plate, the yeah. electrical plate in the wall. You have to put your hands on this property because I'm not working this hard to leave a legacy for you not to know how hard your mom worked, first of all, but for you not to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So I um these properties are definitely for me to leave a legacy, not just for my children, but for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Yes, I absolutely love that. So do you have tenants already in there? I do. Believe it or not, I had a renting war and it was like six people, like it's like six people, everyone ready to rent. And I was like, wait, it's only two apartments and you have to complete the application. Like, I just can't take your money. So I was very blessed in that aspect that um, it ran it right away. And I've been very fortunate not to have um, bad tenants. Yeah. Like, so all of my tenants have been um, really good. That's really cool. How can we get the money to start investing in properties? Did you like use cash or was it like borrowed money? Believe it or not, we could definitely have a whole conversation on it. And I, and that's one I'm truly passionate about because people think that you have to have your own money to invest and you don't. Yeah. Like you literally don't have to have your own money. People, a case in point, I'm in a women's real estate network group and um, one of the, we call ourselves sisters. So one of my, one of the ring sisters, I had post the start of my duplex and the finish, the ending of the duplex. And she inboxed me and was like, hey, I love the duplex. I love how you stuck with it. I love the design. Um, I have money I want. I'm looking to invest in someone. Do you have another project that I could be an investor for you? I yeah. don't have another project. I don't have another project. I wasn't going to even, um, my court, my court, I set my goals up by quarter. So my next house would be for the fourth quarter of this year. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, you got money? <laughs> Did yeah, you have someone money? like really, someone really reached out to me and was like, hey, I got money. And so I was like, well, let's, let's meet. So we really think that we have to have money and we don't right I like that I mean and truthfully you don't even have to have good credit um it's really there are truly ways to invest in real estate that I feel like no one tells us black girls about yeah. so anytime anytime I get to tell people I'm like look this is what you do go do it because of course, of course there's enough money for everyone to eat out here absolutely and then with her being an investor once you have that property she'll just get like a percentage of like whatever the tenants are paying or how does that work 
Nope, she will get back. So we'll flip it. We'll, I'll buy the property. I'll put what we call um, added value. I'll do some renovations so that it'll bring up the value of the property. And then when I go to finance and close, I pull the money out that I that she gave me and I pay her back. So then what happens is I never put my money into it. I used her money for down payment. I just, and the renovations, and that's whatever terms we come up with. And normally when they do invest, we get like an attorney. It's not just like, hey, I met you, here's $50,000. Like it is done in a legal aspect to, to, to secure, um, to protect her as well as me. Mm -hmm. um, and so then she gives me her money to put the down payment and the flip. And then she, just like interest rates are high, I probably will pay about eight or 9% interest rate, depending on what we agreed upon. Yeah. And that's it. I love it. I've never, I've never, and I never used any of my money to invest in the property. It's now mine, and I have it for a lifetime. That is, that is mind blowing. I don't, I don't know much about real estate at all. But one of my good friends is a real estate agent, and she teaches people how to do wholesaling and stuff. So I, I'm yeah. thinking that I want to like kind of start dabbling in that, like to start yeah. off with. But I like this. I like this. Mm -hmm. yes, thanks for sharing with us. And then also the bakery. <laughs> how long have you had the bakery? So I believe in teaching people how to fish. I'm not going to fish for you. I, I pour back. So the bakery actually belongs to my daughter. Mm -hmm. My daughter's 13. So she started baking with my husband and it's Kai, her, her name's Makai and it's called Kai's Baking. Um, it started seven years ago when she was six. Like they would get in the kitchen and they would just bake cookies. And we started at farmer's market. We opened a retail location. And um, just to be able to pour into my kids and teach them entrepreneur, like you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah. in this world just be you just have to be willing to work for it right so I just and you know some people say I'm a slave driver <laughs> like you, you really you look this world is this don't, world make is them let you, don't let them make you feel like that because other races are out here doing the exact same thing and they don't get called that so right. if you want to set up your child for success then right, right, that's your right. that's your duty to do that so eventually it got really busy to where we had to. So we now we say it's a family owned business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's so like boss. Like I'm 13. I have a bakery. I'm making money. Like, oh, and and she swipes gonna... like she swipes like she makes that money. Yeah. But I feel like that's just going to do so much for her as in the, as, like when she gets older, just having that already and just knowing how money works, knowing how business works these these dudes when they start hollering they're gonna have to come correct because sis has been making money since she was six seven years old so right right I absolutely love it so how do you foresee or plan on creating some kind of work-life balance between everything that you're doing so I think the um and I think I'm doing it really good so far um, okay. now that, now that the duplex is done um because I break my goals down into quarters. Mm -hmm. So I have everything that I want to obtain in quarters. So now that I'm able, now when I'm able to do that, I'm able to plan more like um, January 24th, next quarter, I have, I'm going to the Maldives, I'm going to DR. So I'm starting to um, mm -hmm. stop and smell the roses. But now I'm also realizing that I don't have to be that person to do everything. Yes. So um like hiring these things out, letting other people do things that they're great at, which gives me time to find that balance. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, have you, are you familiar with the 12 week year? It's a no. book. Okay. Cause it's kind of like they, um, they teach you how to plan out your goals in like 12 week 
stints, like 12, 12 week, I guess, sprints in a sense. You know how people make their yearly goals, but they break it down by like 12 weeks, 12 weeks, 12 weeks. So you can like focusing on like a certain task at a time. Right. And then like executing on that, you achieve that, then you move on. So you don't have to wait like the whole year to like achieve a goal. So when you, when you set your quarterly goals, like what does that look like? Do you have like a big goal and then you break it down into smaller chunks, like action steps to achieve the big goal? So I never set like, like big, big goals. I set like, they're always just in that quarter. So mm-hmm. for example, first quarter, I wanted to, the duplex was being renovated. Second quarter, it needed to be finished on the market and ran it. And so I, fourth quarter, so this quarter is strictly um, scalpels because I haven't been able to um, focus and devote as much time as I would like to. And now that I can be here full time, um, I'm just going to take this quarter and strictly focus on like increasing marketing and building a brand and bringing more awareness. And then my last quarter is to purchase a um, another property. And then because we have so many, um, I call like being a serial entrepreneur, I feel like if I set big goals, one of the, something will fall. Mm. So if I make it more attainable into quarters and each business gets something that quarter, yeah. it's able to help me. And it may not be big, but at least it's something. Yeah, It helps me stay on track. Girl, thanks for sharing that. Cause I'll be having so many like moving parts with the things that yes. I'm doing. It just be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all of this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the day, Tanika, you already shared a little bit of it, but what do you want your legacy to be as far as you building the Scout Boss and your like other entrepreneurial endeavors and journey? I want my legacy, like none of this means nothing if I don't go into my kids. Mm -hmm. Like I can have a whole lot of businesses. I can have a whole lot of money. None of those things mean nothing if I don't teach my kids to be productive members of their community. Like I teach my kids, they have to give back. Um, and you know, when I went to college, like I said, I joined the military for college. I didn't know there were other options out there. Well, I don't want my story to be my kid's story. I want them to be able to, I want to set them up in life so they can write their own story. Yeah. Like yes, mom, may, mom had to do this because this was her story. But um, I want them, I want to give them a foot in the door to write and do whatever they want with their story to be whatever they want their story to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I don't have kids yet. I have a whole bunch of God kids and <laughs> nieces and nephews and a cat, you know, but I, I totally, I totally love that. Is there anything else that's coming up next for you in particular or the Scout Boss that you can share? What's coming up next and then I'm hoping in the next three years would be to franchise. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So are you going to be able to use your real estate expertise to be able to franchise like help people like get locations and stuff I would hopefully the goal would be for me to purchase the properties and they put their locations on um the properties that I own yes I love it I can't wait to see all of that unfold I'm gonna be following the journey for real I'm excited for you that's really dope that's really dope oh my gosh wow so before you go, I have to ask you the friends and beauty rapid fire questions. You'll be great because okay. like you have three businesses going on. So mm-hmm. I feel like you could really give us some insight. So the first one, what are the top three keys to your success so far? The top three is networking. You have to network um, and 
the second I would say marketing it's and what people don't realize is like networking marketing is if they tie in together and with what you don't get is like well how do they tie in like I'm networking I'm going out because those people that you network and meet with they're going to be an extension of your marketing plan like they're going to they're going to go out there they're going to be like hey I met Tanika did you oh, oh you're experiencing hair loss well I met this nurse practitioner named Tanika and she has a scalp loss thing these people are going when you network with these people they're going to market um your business for they're going to help you market your business and then I think the third thing is realizing that you can't when to ask for help like you cannot some, sometimes as small business owners, we think that we have to do everything, but we have to learn to let go of the rails a little bit. Let like hire help, know where your weakness is and know where know what to let go of so that once you let go, your business will start growing because you need help. Like we can't do, you know, we have these tasks of 50 things that, um, that we're trying to get accomplished with also with other things like family, life, maybe some people are working another job, like whatever, you know, multitasking. But we don't, like we multitask so much that we never want to get, we want to have control over everything. So the third thing would definitely be to know when to let go. Ah, I absolutely agree. And I love the networking bit of it because even like you mentioned earlier with, um, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but I know how you mentioned earlier with just meeting that person in the um, in the group that you're in, your sister mm-hmm. that's in the group. And that's coming from your network for somebody to go ahead and reinvest in, a, in something that you already want to do. So without putting yourself in those positions or putting yourself in those environments, you wouldn't have gotten that. And I networking is such, I met her, I hosted my November um, real estate network group here at the clinic. And of course, you don't expect, you're not expecting outside of meeting people, you're not expecting, like I wasn't expecting, first of all, it's been over six months since I've talked to you or seen you or probably, and I really, and truthfully, I can't pick her up out of, I don't know what she looked like, mm-hmm. but because I networked eight months ago, it comes back full full and you don't even know it's coming back. And that person, and I don't want people to look at when you network that you have to get something out of it that day. Exactly. Because again, like I said, I met her eight months ago. I can't tell you what she looked like. We've never, we haven't even talked to each other. And you sent me a DM on Facebook asking, can we meet so that you can be an investor for my next project? Yeah. Yes. So if that does, if that's not a testament to the importance of networking and how to grow a business, I don't know what is. I don't know what it is. I be trying to tell these people net, networking has literally put me right where I am right now. Like just right. building the relationships, like you said. Like it, I love what you said about it not being like an immediate thing because the people that I've met like ten years ago, like it just keeps on paying off too. Like. Right. Something might have happened like a year after I met them, and then it kind of like keeps snowballing from there. So I, I absolutely love that. Right. Yes. The next one. How do you measure your success? I don't, and it's weird. I don't measure my success at all because if you ask me, I'm like, no, I'm not successful because I'm always striving. Like, mm-hmm. and I tell people, I said, I, I, I'm still putting food on the table, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm successful. And I think that keeps me grounded, and it keeps me humble and it also keeps me motivated to keep striving for to reach um other things because I think once a person feels like they've made it and they're successful you get complacent and one thing you don't want to do is get complacent got you okay I can understand that what's the best advice you've ever received or a piece of advice that's just always stuck with you 
um, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, and that sounds so cliche-ish. And when we get out here as small business owners, um, we expect, we want results because we've invested our time, we've invested our money, we've missed out on kids events, family events. You know, we, we've just made this huge sacrifice to start this business or to go out here on our endeavor. And we just want to see the return. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can get so frustrated and so down because you don't see it as soon as you think you're supposed to see it yeah and you and you want to give up and you want to throw in the towel but you have to realize that Rome wasn't built in a day and you know there's a thing the slow and steady wins the race so just like as long as you continue to put forth you know keep moving keep doing things to grow your business get out there networking and doing those things I think that's the best advice I could give to someone is Mm -hmm. just keep investing in yourself and knowing the importance of um, networking and giving yourself grace. Like we we're so hard <laughs> on ourselves, but okay. great. Like, like give yourself grace. Absolutely. I agree. I, I've been learning that over like the last maybe two years, like girl, mm-hmm. it's not that serious. Just right. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give to another entrepreneur right now who is just not seeing the results that they want in their business and they're just ready to give up? Again, Rome wasn't built in a day, but don't give up. And I know I have heart on networking, but because we can't afford marketing because marketing is everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Like get out there, get out there, get out there. Everyone's not good at social media. Everyone's not, like you may be a more of a face-to-face person. Get out there, find what events is happening in your community. Start networking, start meeting, um, start meeting people. But I will tell you, make it, make it genuine. I truly get out there. Don't look and see what this person can do for you. See what you can do for that person as well. Because when you make those genuine connections, it's just like you said, people come back from 10 years ago because you know what? When they met you, it was something that stuck with you, uh, about you that stuck with them 10 years, three years later that they were like, hey, let me call her. And so get out there, network, meet people, be genuine about it, be sincere. And I think that would truly... um, your business and stop looking at networking and, I, and I'm speaking as I tell it to you I'm speaking to myself so I'm not sitting mm-hmm. here telling you guys things that I did not have to learn networking for me especially when I was still military still working networking was so hard because I still had a job and then I had clients in the afternoon then I had to run to the duplex to make sure the contractors were doing what they had to do so networking was number 99 on my list but it's yeah. so important and finding consistent networking group where you build relationships not a fly by night like find something that's consistent that meets every Tuesday at whatever time you know something consistent where you can get to know Jill and her kids and Jill likes this and that so you're building these meaningful relationships that's a, oh, I just love this advice so much. You are you are preaching today, girl. I love it. I love it. What is a resource that helps you in your business or has helped you in your business that you could share with the friends and beauty community? I like I like Desabo. Okay. Desabo helps. It's like a project management tool. Yeah. That helps. And I think we um as small business owners, um, 
it's hard because we wear 50 hats, but a sample is going to help you. And there's another one, HoneyBook, um, but it's going to help you manage these beta activities, send contracts for you, send follow-ups. Like you can just schedule things that, um, that doesn't have to wait until 10 o'clock at night when you get in the bed and you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute, let me send mm -hmm. this contract out. Because that's what most of us do. We're like, it's 10 o'clock at night. We've done, put the kids to bed. We've done dishes. And now we've showered and watching TV. And it's like, oh, I forgot to send that one thing out. Well, you want to automate things as much as possible to make your life easier mm -hmm. and to send out these contracts. First of all, send contracts faster so you can get your deposits and your money faster. And not having people wait two or three days because if they wait two or three days, it's two or three days add two or three more days before they pay you. Right, so right. Like, like just make your um, system as automated as you can to, um, first of all, provide, just provides excellent customer service because it's like, oh, she's on her game. But also it's going to help you get your deposits and your um, payments and send invoices as fast. Okay, I love that. I love the side. I love that. That's it. So the last one, I just want you to fill in the blank and just say, my name is blank. And the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is. Okay. My name is Tanika and the key to longevity and success is being consistent. Look, I always say this is the consistency for me. Like it is. a lot of people struggle with that. I've really been trying to think of a way to teach people how to be consistent, but I don't know if that's, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's something that could be taught yet. Mm -hmm. But I get a lot of compliments from people saying that I'm consistent. So I'm like, how can I like teach people how to do this? But I haven't figured it out yet. But that consistency is the key. Consistency. And that's why I say get with the networking group that meets every Tuesday at so-and-so and change so that it's consistent. Yeah. You put it on your schedule and you get to really meet these people. It's like everything, believe it or not, everything revolves around consistency. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all, whether you're consistently networking, whether you're consistently marketing, whether you're consistently meeting people, it's all about consistency. Even if you're consistently not doing those things, you're going to see it's the results make, of that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love this. This is such a great conversation. Tanika, thank you so much. Thank you Before for having you go, me. You're welcome. Before you go, please share like your social media information, website, whatever you want people to do to connect with you and, you know, go on this journey with you for uh, the Scout Boss. All right, you can find me at my web, my personal website is TanikaWalker.com. You can find the Scout Boss at thescoutboss.com and our, our social media handle is thescoutboss.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Yay. Are you on threads yet? Say it again. Are you on threads yet? Did you download threads? <laughs> no. It's like another no. thing. It's so hard. Um and I'm, and I'm looking for a virtual assistant because I have four um, social media pages. Yeah. I have like 10 emails. Um, I get yeah. it. I yeah. get it, girl. I get it. So it's like a, when I hear another social media, I'm like. <laughs> That's when the old lady in me comes out. I'm like, dang, another one, another app. Right. Right. <laughs> yes but thank you again so much i really enjoyed our conversation and i wish you i wish you much success on all of your endeavors in the future thanks for listening to the friends in beauty podcast don't forget sharing is caring 
If you enjoyed this episode, share it with another friend in beauty. Give it a thumbs up and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review so that other friends in beauty can find the show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation, and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.